0: Thank you. Establishment's Talent Talk Asia podcast is brought to you in partnership with Vincere, the new breed tech platform used by 15,000 recruiters worldwide. Vincere is the secret weapon for progressive recruitment firms. It provides recruiters with everything they need to scale from CRM slash ATS through to online timesheets, websites, and analytics. A true all in one growth platform built by recruiters for recruiters. Learn more about Vinny's story on my exclusive interview with their founder on episode 43 of this podcast. If you're looking for a new recruitment CRM to accelerate growth, visit vincere.io slash talenttalkasia for an exclusive offer for all listeners of this podcast. Welcome to Talent Talk Asia podcast. Today, you've tuned into a unique talent acquisition series where I showcase powerful voices in the TA industry across Asia. It's no secret that the last two years have been challenging, and especially for HR leaders. The pandemic has driven change and upheaval in businesses across the globe at breakneck speed. And more often than not, it's been unsown heroics of the HR function that has helped keep everything together. In this series, we discuss the most pressing challenges facing TA leaders in the wake of the talent revolution. And our guests will share some of their top tips on how to best overcome them. We'll also touch upon the careers of TA professionals. So if you're looking to transition into TA and crave some tips, you're in the right place. Now, my guest today is Adam Fisher, Senior Manager, Talent Acquisition, Asia Pacific and Japan at Paolo Alto Networks, an American multinational cybersecurity company with headquarters in Santa Clara, California. Its core products are a platform that includes advanced firewalls and cloud-based offerings that extend those firewalls to cover other aspects of security. In this pod, Adam will share what it takes to build a high-performing team. What TA need to do to develop trusted relationships with stakeholders and a hell of a lot more. Today this awaits you.
1: You know, high performance to me is not just throwing loads of recruiters at it, right? We used to it in the early days you know i like recruiters they've got the stakeholders they manage and they keep the stakeholders happy now it's it's getting the it's getting the funnel it's making sure that they have the sourcing support the talent research support they've got branding behind them they've got access to the data that they need
0: enjoy the show Hi, hey adam how are you
1: I am very good. Thank you for coming to see me. It's a very rainy Thursday I afternoon.
0: I know. I'm just, for those listeners that can't see us, but we're actually in, I can never pronounce your tower that you're in. It's like Gecko, but Guco. How do you pronounce it?
1: I've been saying Guaco, but no cab driver has ever understood where that is. <laughs> or So there's a very good chance I've been pronouncing it incorrectly, which is an interesting I think, point. Yeah, I
0: think you probably are. Well, it's stunning. The views are just really, really nice. Very nice. You know, got the Tanjon Pagar MRT downstairs very easy for people to get to like it so welcome on the show and to our first series for talent acquisition guests
1: Wow. It's a lot of pressure.
0: There is a lot of pressure. You've got to really step up for this oh, wow. one. You know that, okay. right? So, let me just go through your background. We're going to put this into four topics. We're going to go through background, we're going to look at high performance as a topic, and then internal stakeholder relationships, and then we're going to look at challenges. So, let's hit the um, first one, which is background. So, you spent four years with Spring Professional rising to head of vendor recruitment in Asia before moving to um, Palo Alto Network. Please tell me if I've pronounced that wrong.
1: Palo Alto Networks. The S Networks. is all important. Yeah, is it? Is
0: it all important? Yeah. Oh yeah, I can see it on your um, backdrop in in yeah. the office here. In 2014, as recruitment manager, before moving up to senior manager, talent acquisition, Asia Pacific and Japan in November 2017. Wow.
1: Wow, sounds and impressive, doesn't it? Does it does sound
0: impressive. And you're, and as I've just found out in the last few minutes, you're actually from the UK and I thought you were from Australia.
1: Which I'll take as a compliment.
0: <laughs> yeah, I do take that as a compliment. I think we've obviously been out of the UK too long that we can't, I certainly can't tell an English accent anymore. So talk me through what motivated you, motivated you to move from agency to TA?
1: I was always very anti going to the dark side, as I called it, because I really thought it was where failed recruiters went. Um, perhaps unfairly. Um, but it was a it was a couple of things. So um a guy that is now my boss mm-hmm. here, he moved over to the dark side back in the UK many years ago. And I called him and I was like, well, what are you what have you done that for? And he he's kind of you know he said it was pretty good, a lot of fun. But I was still making money on the agency side. Right. Long story short, a few things happened. My company got acquired and a lot, you know, the, a lot of good stuff that I was doing, it, it suddenly wasn't as much fun this anymore. This was spring or was this it was summer spring, else? This right. was spring. And at the same time, this guy, Dan, he'd moved over to Palo Alto Networks to look after the TA in Europe. And he, they hired somebody in region here to do my job. They'd initially contacted me about it. And I said, no, I'm not ready for the dark side yet. I'm still making money on the agency side. And then a week later, I wasn't because everything changed and I right. immediately regretted my decision. Right. Fast forward a few months, the person they hired, she didn't last that long because she had some family emergency. So he was sent over here to caretake things for six weeks while they found a replacement. And, you know, being a good mate of mine, we'd spend a lot of time together. And after a few weeks of him waxing lyrical about the wonders of the inside you know, world, I was like, Oh, well, okay, maybe I'll go through it. And again, he's like, well, okay, but if you do, you don't mess it up this time, eh? <laughs> and I was like, okay, point taken. And um, yeah, it, it started from there really. So it was a combination of um, timing with my previous company and mm-hmm. just opportunity coming up here. And I think with Palo, I had always wanted to work with them on the agency side. Because I, okay. I was like, okay. candidates that I was representing, they're like, oh, could you get me into Palo? And they didn't need to, need to use agencies at the time, so it's kind of like, well, if you can't beat them, join them. Hmm. So, yeah. So all of those factors brought me here, yeah. where I've now been for over eight years.
0: But eight years. So, what surprised you most from moving from agency to TA? If you can kind of think back to that time, what were the big sort of surprises for you, positive and negative?
1: Well. And and, and I am very nervous about kind of saying this without offending any of the agency folks still out there. Because I've got nothing (laughs) to respect for you. (laughs) I know, I know. But here's, and it it might be a good tip. And maybe I'm speaking from my own personal experience. But when I was an agency recruiter, I was essentially a salesperson. Yes, I wanted to find a good candidate for for, for the company. But essentially, you know, I had you know targets that I needed to hit. I I was a salesperson. And yeah, I I thought I did I did my best to find the right people for the job, but essentially closing the deal was the be all and end all. Yeah, coming internal, that is not what you are. Your job yeah. is to be the quality gatekeeper, and yeah, if you have doubts, whereas on the agency side, maybe you kind of like turn a blind eye to some of those doubts. Yeah, you don't do that here. Yeah. you don't oversell. You really focus on the, the candidates' like full competencies, and you make sure there are values fit. So that was a big thing, learning not to be yeah. a salesperson, your yeah. representation of the culture of the company. And then secondly, it was the access that you get. Because on the agency side, it's like you'll you'll get a job late or you're working a job and things will go quiet. You'll never know. Yeah, you never get proper you'll feedback. You'll never know what happened. Like but coming in here, like they would tell you everything. And you know the the good the good and the bad thing is that you got loads of access. Yeah. But it was also quite scary because I realised how important Talent acquisition was here. Yeah. From you know, on my first day, we had all of the the leadership for the region would come in, and I would have to go and present a TA update with right. all these very seasoned business leaders. Yeah. And the you know they were like, okay, when is this person starting? What's the forecast like? And I'd mm. never had it to that degree. No, it's before. not so
0: strategic. Not is it? So and strategic. you can always walk away from a, a one client if you don't have the cash to exactly. move on to another. Yeah. Where you're you you got to commit now.
1: Yeah, it, it um, was, and I just. The importance of it all, like seeing what happens if you miss the hiring number or you don't hire, like it it just felt like far more important. So that struck Mm. me. And then initially sitting in QBRs, like these quarterly business meetings, and you would realize that, um, you know, the the, the VPs would come up and do their highs and lows and pros and cons. And recruitment was in pretty much every low. And they would be like, we didn't do well this quarter because we didn't yeah. hire on time, and and I just realized, wow, this is this is pretty yeah. serious business here right yeah. now. It's like it, it felt a little bit more, and once again, I don't mean to offend the agency side, I'm a bit more adult and more grown up. I had yeah. to sort of think very differently. But do you
0: think that that's a lot to do with some recruitment firms or some clients just not? Well, even and I'd put a lot of emphasis on clients not opening up, yeah. not literally saying, "Why don't you come and sit on site for the morning? Why don't mm. you see what we're actually doing? Why don't you be part of one of our strategic meetings?" Because I think a lot of recruiters do want to get more involved because it does get a little bit mundane doing sending CVs, you know, to actually sit in on site to a client that they've perhaps got a good reputation with or they've made some success with them. I think they would love that.
1: I I agree. And if, if we work with agencies, and sometimes we do, I'm like, they get all the access they need. They get plugged into the meetings. They get everything. They know everyone we've spoken to because they need to be the extended pitch for us, right? They yeah. need to know everything. If we're keeping stuff from them, it's not beneficial to anyone. Yeah. Which is why we have these few trusted partners that we use, and they know our business. Right. And I like to, but you know, and when we when we start working with them, not one of these TA leaders that when we bring on an agency, we work against them. If we bring on an agency, yeah. and I tell my guys to down the tools. Let's just support yeah. them, give them what they need to be successful. Yeah. And often that is access to the hiring managers, right? Access to all of the information and. Knowing just a bit of historical stuff about the role, maybe why the role's been open for a while, some of the challenges that we faced in the past, and you work together in terms of how to overcome them. Yeah. And look, when I was on the agency side, there were some people like that. And, you know, surprise, surprise, they were the ones I did better with.
0: Yeah, of course. Because they give you that access. Yeah.
1: And I I wanted to be that person as well. Although we don't use them that often, if we do, I want to give them the full access so they can be successful.
0: Right. And that's really interesting because that kind of leads me on to. The, you know, how you're building a high performance team, right? I mean, before I get to that, in terms of kind of the structuring of your role in regards to, you know, sourcing talent, posting jobs, how, what, how, what does TA look like for you for you and your team?
1: So TA, I mean, we're pretty big these days. Um, and, and I'll kind of give you an overview of, yeah, of what the structure is. So I've got a, a, a recruiting team, so yeah. that, you know, the fully, uh, you know, 360 recruiters, there is a sourcing team. Uh, so I've got a sourcing manager and she has a team of sources. They do the initial candidate outreach, you know, work with the recruiters. Outside of Singapore? Uh, so a lot of them are based in India. We've yeah. got a couple in Singapore and we've got one in Tokyo. Right. Um, we have what we call a talent research team, which doesn't report to me. They sit in India and they focus on some of market mapping around diversity projects.
0: Okay. Interesting.
1: We've then got a coordination team as well, which also doesn't roll up to me. And a lot of those folks sit in India, but some sit in Singapore. Kind and of like
0: we, interviews, organizing interviews, and it, just yeah, all doing that. the
1: contracts and all of that. Okay. so and then we're also starting to look at branding as well as, as part of the ta organization because right. of I, strategy. yeah, when I look at you know the long term, there's sort of it's talent insight and talent branding are two things that we really want to work on because branding is everything. I'm conscious that as a company, uh, if you're in cybersecurity, you know us. But we hire a lot of people outside of cybersecurity right now. And we're not a household name. We're not like a a, a Google. So how do we brand that and let, you know, especially around early in career, know that we're here, we're pretty cool, and we're a great place to work.
0: You're right near MIT.
1: Exactly. I mean, near the MRT, we've got some great food places around you
0: have, You have. I saw some. It's interesting, actually, isn't it, when you say about the branding side? Because obviously you're probably hiring not just the technical ones that have come from cyber, but the newies coming through, but also finance, you know, uh,
1: everything. areas
0: that you don't necessarily need someone to have come from that industry, right?
1: Well, and here's the thing. So in the early days, pretty much everything we did here was go to market. So even if you hired an accountant, we'd probably want them to work for a security company because they needed right. to know the patter. Whereas now we're hiring so many people. We've got engineering teams. We're hiring in India, IT teams. We've got finance teams. And like you say, we're bringing in people from different backgrounds. So yeah. we're calling com- we're calling companies outside the tech industry. And they'll be like, well, who are you guys?
0: Yeah,
1: And they're like, well, why would you call me? You're a cybersecurity company. So we just need to figure out ways of getting that message across. Yeah. So we're looking at bringing some branding people into the team. We've got the, the branding that works for the company that lets people know who Palo Alto Networks are. Yeah but there's also the branding around why it would be cool to work here what you can get out of it and we're doing a lot of work around that at the moment because it's kind
0: that, of like the day in the life of someone that's a day working? a, a day in the life of yeah. yeah because i think everyone loves a, i love some of those on youtube right we all love a bit of that
1: well cuz also we've got these really fancy names for these roles and a lot of people don't really know what that means
0: <laughs> do you in, know what they mean no not
1: all of them <laughs> When you work in a tech company, we love an acronym. We absolutely love an acronym. So it's trying to figure out. It's even
0: worse in Singapore. It's an acronym and another acronym on top of that.
1: On the PIE and the ECP. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, for sure.
0: Exactly. So I'm really interested to hear about that talent research team. You said um, focused on market mapping for diverse talents. Tell me a little bit more about that.
1: So like many tech companies, diversity is is, is a thing for us. Hmm. And so... In the past, when we've been given a search to do, there's always an urgency on time, yeah. right? Time yeah. is, is always a big thing. So in, invariably, when that happens, you rely quite heavily on referrals, you go as fast as you can.
0: Yeah,
1: And we've not always fully mapped out the market. And sometimes for diverse talent, you need to spend a bit a bit more time, spread the wings a little bit to be able to go and find this talent. So yeah. the purpose of this team in India, which, by the way, doesn't report into me, um, they will give them some search and say, hey, we're going to be looking for these type of roles Go and do a full market map for us right now. Let us know what's out there because we need to be able to go back to the business with essentially what is a total addressable market and be able to provide some data for them. And this comes down to the talent insights Mm. bit as well. Because Mm. if you're a a sales leader, you set quotas for your team and you do that around a lot of data that the analysts give you and the operations team give you, what is the total addressable market? We've never really had that in TA we don't we, th- mm. we think we have an idea by what linkedin tells us but we don't truly mm. know so if we're going to set metrics around you know, things like diversity or hiring certain type of roles yeah. we need to know what's there yeah because otherwise you know we, we're shooting in the dark so the talent development team they they the talent insights team help us do that
0: Interesting. so that's that's
1: been useful
0: that's really useful cuz i think that's a really long term pipeline um, strategy as well right just making sure that yeah that's really interesting and again it works with the branding doesn't it if you're right in terms of the roles what they look like who are in those positions are the people that look like me right or that kind of thing right Well, well ex- exactly and
1: we just yeah. want to make let people know that cybersecurity is is accessible for everyone when I mean, we have done a lot of work early in career stuff now which is relatively new to us and you know once we're going out there now trying to find the brightest and the best and get them to come into this industry and they may yeah. not know who we are but this is a major focus for us for FY23, which by the way, starts for us in August.
0: Right. Okay. So you've yeah. got to get on top of it. Let's, top let, of let's move on to the high performance side. So what does high performance team, TA team mean to you?
1: It means high levels of service to the, the business in that they've got a trusted advisor that they can consult with. Because I I, I view... My job is to be the partner to the president of the region and basically give him everything he needs. You know, fundamentally to to fill his team with high performing people, but to give him talent insights, let them know what's going on in the market mm-hmm. and, and really support them in anything sort of talent related. And for my team, it's been able to understand the market, provide real level intel in terms mm-hmm. of what's going on. What it's not is being an order taker. And I think I've seen it in the past in other firms where the recruiter is essentially an order taker. Yeah. And what I mean by that is like, hey, here's, here's a friend of mine. I want you to go and process them. And we're not that. You know, a high performing team is they need to be able to speak up against pretty senior people sometimes mm. and, you know, push back if needed.
0: And where do you see that pushing back? What, what, ten, what do you find Do you have to be pushing back on?
1: Could be many things. It could be the the quality of the process. I think in the early days, we're not there now. When we were a bit smaller, there was a bit like, "Hey, there's this person I've worked with before. Let's just yeah. fast track them." Yeah, and you know that that can get you only so far. Yeah. But now we've got quite a thorough interview process, and it's not a, 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 a laborious process. We it, it's we want to make sure that we're being fair and equitable to every single role that we are, and we give internal people and external people an equal opportunity. So. It's sometimes pushing back on that and making Mm. sure we're being fair. Mm. It's sometimes pushing back just on if, you know, I always tell the team, if you see a red flag in the process with the candidate, bring it up. Because there are some candidates that are really, really good at managing up and in the interviews being all singing, all dancing. Yeah. But they don't treat the coordination team well. They yeah, don't respond. Yeah, and we see red flags. And like, well, it's it's our job to speak up. Yeah, because- I think that
0: you know I think that is so underestimated. I would always get my receptionist or PA to say they would always give me feedback. They were really rude when they came to reception. If they were really looking to hire them as recruiters, because it really is about that. You, it's it's that. Um, consistency of their behaviours, right? That that authenticness, is it yeah. changing just because they're seeing a line manager versus how they talk to the, the, the cleaner or the receptionist, right?
1: And, and and the great thing is here, like TA gets a seat at the table and people listen. And the thing that I, I most enjoy is our chief people officer, she always oh, says, you're the quality gatekeeper. If you don't think they're right, they do not get through. And she's like, yes, we've got pressure on numbers and all these other things, but your number one job is to make sure... And, you know, the term, you know, brilliant idiots. We, we don't want people. Like, you could be the greatest engineer in the world or yeah. the best salesperson. But if you don't fit into our values and you don't play nice with others, we, we will not hire you.
0: So just out of interest, what are the values?
1: We have five key values that we look for every time we hire someone. And it's, it's disruption uh-huh. because as a company, we disrupt. We've disrupted the industry a number of times. We continue to do so.
0: How are you finding someone? When you, how are you testing for that? How are you checking someone's got disruption? That's really tricky for me to even get my head around.
1: It is, but when they've worked somewhere, like have they made a change? Have they gone in there? Have they implemented a new process, a new structure? Have they tried something new that's like, that's questioned, you know, the the normal procedures? Okay, so it
0: might be from the industry they've come from, but also their mindset that they're willing to be adaptable.
1: It's a disruptive mindset. Okay, It's not accepting the status quo. Okay. Execution, which Mm -hmm. is, you know, obviously we've all got to execute in our jobs. Um, Collaboration is key. And as we get bigger as a company, Mm you've got to be able to work across multiple different functions. I mean, we're yep. over 2000 people in the region, right? Jeez. now. When I started, we, we were tiny and now you have to learn to play nice. So right. perhaps yeah. some of the people that work for us in the early days were a bit more lone range yeah, you your types, people yeah. who may not be the best fit for us now, because you, you've got to work with others. And I th- even yeah. think in my job, the amount of stakeholders, so yeah. collaboration is key. And you know what? The more successful people, they, they, they collaborate well. Um, Integrity is probably one of the most important ones. Like we, we just don't to tolerate. Test. We just don't tolerate that because you know we can't We're a cybersecurity company, right? Yeah. And
0: do you have to do checks on everyone that comes? Oh through? yeah. Do you? Oh yeah. Hmm.
1: We probably did checks on you coming in.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I still got in. That's amazing. <laughs>
1: you, you still, you still got in.
0: <laughs> that false name really did it. <laughs> <laughs> but What's if, f- but, but if you think
1: 24. about, you know, cybersecurity, like. Customers trust us with their most important data. This is serious jobs. If we hire people that don't have integrity, we we just can't afford that.
0: But how are you testing that, though? I mean, I think that's one of the hardest things. Other than, you know, have they got credit card debt or anything like that or doing references on past employees. But let's be honest, anytime you do a testimonial in Asia, it's always lies. People always just say, yeah, they were great. Yep, fine. Here's the letter. It,
1: it, it, It is. Look, there's not an exact science to it. It is hard. And you know, fortunately, we, we we get it right most of the time. Every so often, you don't. But if this is something we really look for. Like, and once again, like if we have doubts, if there's something we have yeah. doubt, then we we just won't move yeah. ahead.
0: Do you do competency based interviews? We do. Right, so you can test it that way then. We do, I suppose, yeah. because
1: initially, in in the early days, it'd be that saying in blase. It was kind of like cause it was all like the numbers. Then it's like if you could spell security, we would hire to a certain extent. Whereas now yeah. it's. We want to make sure we're not just testing you for the job you're going to do. We want to know about these. Factors. We want to know you about your yeah. intellectual fit. We want to know about, yeah. you know, get real life examples of what you've done. Yeah. And then we want to be able to test that. So when we have our round tables for interview feedback, we're like, hey, OK, you're interviewing for the job as a channel manager. But did you dig into these things as well? And you'll own that competency the idea being the interviews get really good at one competency. Oh, so we'll okay. know. I love that. And they'll be like, to be the expert on it.
0: I love a bit. See, I'm, I love anything to do a conference based interview, in, but I love that you said that someone will, will really focus on that because then they can drill down to it. Mm. They can go back to it in a different way. You know, I love that. Yeah. What's uh, the fifth one? The is there fun. a fifth one? Yeah,
1: there is a fifth one. It's inclusion.
0: Yeah. And yep.
1: inclusion is, is huge. That um, is really huge. When I look at the makeup of. You know the team here right now. There's, there's loads of studies done. I'm not going to embarrass myself by trying to quote numbers about how well you know different teams do from different backgrounds, ethnicities, genders. But when I when I walk around the Singapore office, it's like it's fascinating to see. And so, you get all these people together, and like just, just even in my team, it's a bunch of different nationalities, you know, genders, yeah. thought processes, and everyone needs to be able to come to work and you know have psychological safety, yeah. be their best self. Yeah. This is a key value for us right now, and it's one we work very, very hard on. It's something we could always do better on, but it's a key thing for us.
0: It's a work in progress, isn't it? Though it, to create an environment yeah. that's inclusive, I think particularly within Asia, yeah, it's a bit of a work in progress, isn't it?
1: It is. I mean, in Asia for us is it, it it's vast. I mean, you've got you know, over from Australia to Japan and everything in between. It's it it is it is challenging, but we're working very hard at it right now, and it's 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 front of mind for us. And mm. I think. We're doing a good job on that. We could always do a better job on that.
0: Where are you at in that journey of building a high-performance team? You know, was there parts that you want to be focusing more on? Are you happy with some areas? Can you just talk me through that?
1: Um, I think, in terms of the the personnel I had, I've always been very lucky to be able to go out there and and hire at a senior level, because what I realized early on here, we needed people that could sit, talk to VP level people, be a trusted advisor. So from that perspective, I've always been happy. The thing that I realized we were sort of lacking was the job of a recruiter these days is a bit more administrative than it once was. As we get a big company, there's, there's extra checks and balances that we need to mm. go through. So the recruiters are having less time, weirdly enough, to go out there finding candidates. So yeah. we realized that like a, a proper sourcing model needed to be yeah. put in place. Yeah. So that's been relatively new over the last couple of years. We put a sourcing model in, and you know that has been amazing. So what do they
0: do? What when you're saying a sourcing model? Because I don't know what the difference is between that and what a TA does every day.
1: So a recruiter essentially is stakeholder management. Okay. Will be right, how's things going with your business, talking about what's going on, giving the talent insights, all of this, okay? What roles do you have? Talk about the culture. Collecting of the job briefs and job briefs, right. all of that, running what we call shared vision meetings. Okay. Then once you've got a job brief, then the sourcer will come into the room and there'll be the two. And basically, then it's a team.
0: So okay. Okay. the
1: source was out there doing the candidate outreach in the first right, place. Okay. So how it should work is the recruiter will be like, hey, you've got a week, however long you need. You go out there, you do the mining for the candidates. Okay.
0: okay. And
1: then if you, you go out there, you do the funnel, you speak to 20 people, you bring me the best 10 and then you take it down from there. So they're doing the outreach. The recruiters sometimes help with that because we don't have the luxury of a one-to-one ratio, yeah. but when it works, it works like that. And then the recruiter will then bring the candidates through the process and take them home. It's very much a team thing. And we've realized that that has really helped yeah. in terms of freeing up the recruiter's yeah. time because they were a little bit time poor. And then building this team out has been great. One of the, the, the challenges with that has been that sourcing in this part of the world is not as advanced as it is in North America. Whereas in North America, what you way? get these sources that are like, you know, 50, 60 years old. They've been doing the whole career. yeah, Because yeah. it's a skill. Yeah, it Whereas is. Whereas...
0: Here is it?
1: It's almost seen as like a junior recruiter. Yeah, role.
0: or a stepping stone to be something else. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So
1: we're trying to change the perception on that. Yeah. That a sourcing you can be as same level as a recruiter. Yeah, you, know, and you can in- also
0: run and, and, and lead other sources, right, globally. Like it's a- exactly but if you look at the search model, you know, like the Heydrich and Strugels and the Spencer Stewart, those you have that, right? You mm. have them that will just sort of focus on the sourcing side, and it's seen as 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 sort of um Prestigious, but within kind of your contingent agency boutiques, it isn't always. No, it's not. Is that stepping stone, and and people just think it's it's
1: the next step. So we're changing the perception on that, and we've been bringing in people from 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 varied backgrounds.
0: Have you? Yeah. In what way?
1: I mean, so a lot of the sourcing team. I mean, for example, we recently hired somebody straight from Singapore Airlines. Um, Just do. Because a lot of it's down to aptitude, and I think with certain what what we find here is. On sourcing, and this is a little bit of a boring statistic, I think it's like globally, we our sources that do the technical roles tend to perform a lot higher because technical hiring is quite binary. You either can or you cannot, yeah. right? On, on a CV and providing yeah. you're not like a complete, you know.
0: Yeah, because it's technical as yeah. you're talking about. In it, terms exactly.
1: So yeah. you either, we, we can test whether you can do that. Yeah. Whereas the go-to-market stuff is a lot more subjective. Yeah, okay. So you don't often find many great, go-to-market sources because it's a lot more subjective. Yeah. Often you deal it, you fight against a lot of referrals. Yeah. But we've got some really good ones here. And what we've done, we've sort of, we've realized that we've brought in some people with next to no experience that have what we think is the aptitude to go in there and right. we can train them up. So, so what is
0: it they've got? Do you know what? You that,
1: okay, to me, and this, I don't want to once again to sound offensive. I think the go-to-market sources and recruiters tend to mirror the go-to-market teams quite salesy quite right. personable. Right. So the, quite
0: influential quite as well. Quite influential. Yeah.
1: Happy to have a, t- to have a talk. You yeah. Know. Hence the re-
0: Singapore Airlines thing. Can yeah. talk and have conversations with different people. If they're meeting them, they probably look pretty good as well. Right? It's just kind of...
1: But if, but if you're talking, because, you know, when on going to market, you need to cut through a lot of the BS sometimes. Yeah, absolutely. Because people will say they're amazing. Yeah. And we have to try and you know, get through that. Yeah. Whereas technical, we can test you out quite quickly if you can yeah. or can't do it. Yeah. So... That's been helpful in building this up, and it's a mixture of more experienced people, some more people just coming that we want to develop, and then it's a nice funnel because then we want to be able to, to get these people to move across the business. But if we get them in early, you know, we we can we can train them up. So that's a big thing we're doing at the moment. So you know, high performance to me is not just throwing loads of recruiters at it. All right? Yeah. We used to it in the early days. Yeah. You know, I like recruiters. They've got the stakeholders they manage, and they keep the stakeholders happy. Now it's it's getting the it's getting the funnel. It's making sure that they have the sourcing support, the talent research support. Yeah. They've got branding behind them. They've got access to the data that yeah, they need. Internet so branding is
0: really important
1: because it, they can yeah. find
0: someone, right? But if they can't actually get that person to return a call because their profile looks awful, there's no picture of them, they have no mm. idea what they're trying, what the intent is. You're done. You can't yeah. reach them. How are you? How are you going about trying to? Train those individuals that don't have sourcing experience if they've not come from agency.
1: We've got a pretty good uh training structure these days on that. I mean, our internal TA team, you know, globally, we've yeah. got some pretty robust stuff that we use. We've got a recruiter and a sourcer playbook, okay, which of course I've read cover to cover. But honestly, do not
0: write it. Oh, I was,
1: I'm <laughs> sure I'm there, yeah. It's like, it's like uh, I've been doing this for too long. I'm a bit more old school. But for new people coming in, I guess like taking your driving test. I yeah. probably you know, wouldn't pass it now. It's but, a good
0: refresher though. I find sometimes oh. even when I go back to things, I think, God, you know what? I That's so useful to keep doing or you just sort of forget a lot of the basic stuff.
1: Exactly. So they come in and they're, they're learning it from scratch. Like this is what yeah. it is. And everyone that we, we've got this method here Licence to Hire. Uh, the idea being that every person here you know, in the recruiting team, every interviewer, every panellist needs to have done this course on, right. on how you hire. So it's online thing.
0: OK, so have a certain level of competence in interviewing.
1: Well, yeah, because interviewing is a skill, right? Yeah, and I absolutely. think there's, there's a perception. It's like, oh, OK, you're a manager now. Go and build a team. They don't know. They've, they've, not, been, they've not been told yeah. how to do it. And we also need to make sure, just even dumb stuff like they're not asking questions that are illegal. Right. Yeah. So absolutely. everyone will Buys go free. through that yeah. and then you'll talk through the process. Like, you know, this is what a hiring plan meeting is. These are the sort of questions. So yeah. the training that we have right now is it's, it's actually very good. So we're okay. able to bring in people. Um, I've got some really experienced recruiters here. So the sources can sit down with them and just listen. Yeah. You know, the, first the shadowing is, is, is listening. So important, and like, it? you know what? Everyone has their own style. Yeah. Like I would never tell anyone what we're not is we're pitching off a script. Yeah. Everyone has their own style and that is cultural. That depends on the roles that you're filling. Yeah. And I'd never want to tell them to be a robot. So it's like just sit with these people, take what you can from each yeah. of them, and then develop your own style. Yeah,
0: I'm a huge believer on that. Because I think everyone has their own uniqueness and they've got to they've got to be able to sell the company, but they've also got to be able to sell their own journey on why they decided to join right because they i're going to be dealing with that person when they come on board right oh, yeah. so it's just so important to be you know really authentic
1: and they've got to be credible as well because it's like don't try and i mean look i am the least technical person in the world as we realized at the start of this and we do some pretty technical stuff i would never dream of trying to get into a technical conversation yeah. i know at the cursory level you know what we do and why we're yeah. we good but if i'm i'm not going to argue with an engineer cuz yeah. <laughs> they'll know more than me yeah but it's about being honest with what you know, what you bring, don't know. Yeah,
0: bringing people in that have got the expertise and it's knowing it's, it's yeah. your part that you it, it, play, exactly. right? But in it's, that But it's it's, it's
1: it's credible and like just being able to just just be be honest about stuff because it's, you know I'd much prefer a candidate to run away in the opening conversation, and this is not for me. Then they go down a process because yeah. they've been told something that isn't true, yeah. and then they come in board and they're like, "What have I been sold here?" So yeah. I think that authenticity and honesty at the start of the process yeah. is, is key.
0: I'm really keen to know now. What are we in? We're in June 2022. What's the market like now? What are you face? What are TA facing now when they're going out to speak to candidates? Is it really tight? Are they dealing with managing multiple offers? You know, what's going on for you? So,
1: it's 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 a wild space, cybersecurity. I mean, it's hyper competitive. Um, I think the big thing for us right now is yes, people are fielding multiple offers. There's the people that we will be hiring from, given our stage, is we will be hiring from the small startups. We'll also be hiring from the you know, the, the, the big cloud players out there, the, the well-known, you Google's, you right. of the world, and they're also going after the same people we are. Yeah. So it's an interesting spot where a candidate might have four or five offers yeah. on an any one go. So we need to make sure our hiring process is efficient. We need to make sure the candidate experience is very good because if we don't get that right, mm-hmm. if they've got four or five offers to choose from and yeah. the numbers are the same, the roles are the same, if they've not had a good experience with us, then we may lose out. So
0: What gets them over the line then? What is it that you're doing where you have been successful versus the competitors? What do you think you're doing that's, that really stands out?
1: Well, first and foremost, I think we have, obviously, we've got a very good brand and I think we have very good technology. If you're in that space... People, fortunately, they do want to work for us. I think it has been a combination of, you know, people work for people at the end of the day. And I mm. think, you know, when the, when the hiring manager and the interview process is, is good and people feel engaged yeah. and, you know, they they feel the culture because it, it, the culture is key here. We can have the greatest share price and we'll pay you a great salary. But if you don't feel it's be a nice place to work and you don't feel the people that you've spoken to are people you'd want to work with, we, we're going to lose out. So I think it's when we run a well thought out interview process where everyone does their bit. And, you know, we, we spend a lot of time reminding people now. It's not like the olden days where people would be queuing for a job. It's not the Great Depression where everyone needs a job and so you're queuing outside yeah. begging. Like,
0: yeah, you're pr- selling.
1: Pretty much everyone we hire <laughs> is happy where they are.
0: Yeah. Right? That's the yeah. reality. Interesting.
1: We get applications. Of course we do. But a lot of the people we approach, they're doing very well where they are. Yeah. So we need to be able to articulate to them why the grass may be greener. Yeah. So so that's been a big thing we're doing right now. But I think the, there's some external factors as well. So our, we've got our, our branding is, is is getting better. Our technology, people know it's good, and we've we've had some high profile, you know, uh, good stories about us. I also think it's the fact that you know, people will talk to our internal employees and if they're happy, right, and if they're telling a good story, and I think we're doing a lot better at that now. Right, so you're
0: getting a little bit more candid employee referrals. So we've
1: always done really well on employee referrals. Right. Like, always done really well. And, you know, at a company our size, I I don't know the exact percentage now, but a couple of years ago, we were over 50% employee referrals, which is crazy.
0: Yeah, that is amazing. And there's... Agencies must hate you.
1: Yeah, we 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 very we very rarely use them and, and the bigger we get, the more referrals we get in.
0: So can I ask you a question on mm. that then? Because I know that obviously a lot of my listeners are agency. How do you prevent them not just completely headhunting out of you, like really going after you? Because that would always be my strategy if I am an agency. If I've got a client that is an organization that's never going to use me, then I will use you as a headhunt ground. So how do you work within that if you're you're really quite open to the fact that You've got a strong TA, you don't necessarily need a big panel. Hey, listeners, time for you to grab a cuppa or maybe a chance to catch your breath on your morning run. Whilst you're doing that, I want to share with you what's new in 2022 for Women in Recruitment Asia. Well, we've extended our service offering to talent acquisition teams where you can now benefit from participating in keynote events, enrolling on mentoring programs, upskilling yourselves from the Weir Academy and access to a catalogue of recruitment resources. Reach out to find out more. The Career Establishment's Talent Talk Asia podcast is brought to you in partnership with Vincere, the new breed tech platform used by 15,000 recruiters worldwide. Vincere is the secret weapon for progressive recruitment firms. It provides recruiters with everything they need to scale from CRM slash ATS through to online timesheets, websites, and analytics, a true all-in-one growth platform built by recruiters for recruiters. Learn more about Vinny's story on my exclusive interview with their founder on episode 43 of this podcast. If you're looking for a new recruitment CRM to accelerate growth, visit vincere.io slash talent Asia for an exclusive offer for all listeners of this podcast.
1: I think if people want to leave, they're not going to, if a recruiter calls them about a role, I don't think it's going to, it might accelerate the process by a short period of time. But I don't think people are going to be like, actually, wow, someone from a recruiting agency has called me. I am looking to leave. I don't think it works (laughs) that way. I'm all of a sudden
0: unhappy now. (laughs) Yeah. I don't think it
1: works that way. And and it is the business. I mean, look at what we do. We call people that work for other organisations right now. I don't think I could get precious about it. I mean... If mm. there's recruiters that we're working with on a project and they're trying to headhunt our people, it's different. Yeah, it's
0: different. Yeah, of course. But the
1: reality is, I don't get upset about that. We've all got you know uh, mouths to feed. But ultimately, if the employee is happy and we've not done enough to keep them, that's on us.
0: Yeah. Okay. I appreciate you saying that. I think that's really. I think that's a really good statement. What tools or diagnostics do you use in the business, and how's that affected the effectiveness of the team?
1: I mean, when you say tools, we've got. Got LinkedIn recruiter. Obviously LinkedIn ISU. recruiter. Some people I mean, don't,
0: you know.
1: mean, It's expensive, it. It, but it's still, I'm yet to, to ever meet a recruiter that's really, you know, told me about something different that worked better I know than LinkedIn few recruiter. That don't use,
0: I know a few IT recruiters, not necessarily cybersecurity, but techie techie that don't use it, but they've been here long enough that they've got their own network.
1: Yeah. I mean, look, we, we still use that. We need to be more creative now. If you look at what's happening in China with LinkedIn, I mean, like, yeah. that, you know, over there, we're looking at what we could do differently so we do some things like with WeChat and we've right. got to be a bit more creative So different creative channels there. to
0: kind of look beyond LinkedIn. Different yeah. channels.
1: And then with some of the tech roles as well, when we're hiring like engineers, you're sourcing like in a different album. place. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. But I think probably one of the big changes for us over the last couple of years is we changed ATS, which was interesting. I think um, no one ever, ever truly loves their ATS, mm. but as is, is, is better. It's customizable to a certain extent. Oh, but is it? We have a CRM as part of that. Well, interesting. And, okay, yeah.
0: so you can track all your talent and yeah. I is mean, it is it as good as when you were back as an agency recruiter though? That's what I want to know. So,
1: oh, so here's the thing: we're still some the of the team no. are a little bit old school.
0: And the answer was no. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's
1: getting used to using it because there's still a tendency. A role comes live, the recruiter goes onto LinkedIn, yeah. or gets their phone, and calls people they know. Yeah. Where we're trying to but well, actually, we've got a CRM there now with. I don't know how many you know, hundreds of thousands of people on there.
0: Right, so you've got to plug into Let's it. Let's
1: look at that first. So it's changing the mindsets. About- but don't you
0: think that's the same as changing the mindsets of agency recruiters, yeah. though? I mean, I think a lot of recruitment firms struggle with getting recruiters to put stuff in the database. Oh yeah. I mean we all know to run a great agency, you've got to use the database. If people leave, you've lo- you've still got a business. So it's always a it's gonna be it's always a challenge, isn't it? Because oh, yeah. it's and
1: it's and time by the over. way, I, I'm I'm I am the epitome of an old school Are recruiter a, like that. What yeah? you, what you
0: use it or you don't.
1: So I don't do that many roles myself, (laughs) is the caveat that I would say. But do you encourage using the day of age? Because it's exactly right. I mean, if somebody leaves, we need that information and we need to be able to track. And like, we need to know if we're going to speak to a candidate now that if we've spoken to them before and what the history was with them. It
0: looks embarrassing, doesn't it? I find it mortifying if someone's rung a candidate. And they said, yeah, your colleague called me a few months ago and it's yeah. not on there. I just think it's it's so embarrassing.
1: Yeah, it, it really is. Yeah. And, you know, we, I need to know maybe this is a candidate that for whatever reason, just we would never want to hire because there's some ethics issues. Yeah. And if we've not tracked it, then then how do we know? Yeah. So it is very important that we do that. And, and honestly, it's like, it's just working a bit smarter
0: sometimes. How do you measure that? Do, I mean, I'm saying that and I'm not <laughs> going to get you into trouble on this podcast now, but... <laughs> You want people to use it. How do you measure that they are using it? Because if you're sitting in an agency, you know when your guys have used it or not because you can see contacts added, candidates added, calls made. You see activity on the database. Do you do you do that with you or do you just have this kind of trust that they're going to do that?
1: Well, we can see how many people the sources have added and every candidate we have right. we can see the source of the candidate right so we know where they come from whether it's a referral whether it's LinkedIn right whether but it's there are people that have
0: just been added what about the ones that you call and there's and you're still caught in them is everyone added then that you're still talking to
1: theoretically
0: <laughs> yeah, theoretically <okay.
1: laughs> I'm sure if I looked into the, every one of my eyes <laughs> the team they, they would they would probably yeah. not look at me but it's such
0: a tricky one though yeah. isn't it when it comes to kind of managing talent yeah Right. It's, it's, I don't think anyone can get it completely right. I think it's really hard, especially with kind of everyone working at full capacity and trying to find time at, you know, hitting those deadlines, producing great talent and doing the admin thing. It's not everyone's forte either. No, right. Look,
1: I've I've never met a recruiter that enjoys admin. It is generally recruiters generally like talking to hiring managers, talking to candidates. The admin bit is, I mean, my agency days back in the UK, you'd have the whole prime selling time, and then yeah. you do your admin basically after working hours. That's yeah. when you used to do yeah, it, right? exactly. And, you know, there's yeah. an element of that now. I mean, I must admit, and I'm not proud of this, my sort of my own admin, I tend to do it of an evening when uh, the wife is watching something terrible on TV that I'm yeah. not interested in.
0: Yeah, you pretend you're not interested. Well, I'll yeah, you
1: <laughs> Love <laughs> Island.
0: <laughs> what are some of the most important tech that you use for the team, other than what we talked about, the LinkedIn or the... What have you found's effective? And it might be just something really simple like calendar for just managing everyone's calendar, or is that's probably your coordination team to be yeah, fair. Yeah.
1: Well, we're starting to use something now called Text Expander, which is which is brand new, and it's basically just shortens. Like you can write little notes. I'm not I'm not explaining this very well. What's it called again? Text Expander.
0: Oh, it's so like rather, a tongue twister, yeah, isn't it? Is it is a
1: little bit. Uh, but rather than writing out, so if you if you've got like an email template, you'd send out a lot. Yeah. Right? Yeah. It's you can do little snippets, as they call it, and basically just kind of like copy and paste. It just reduces time to type. Oh, okay, like that. that's nice. So that has been. I don't use it so much because I'm a little bit of an old dog and, and, and new tricks when it comes to things like that. But some of the team have said that's that's quite beneficial. because yeah, they're
0: probably saying the same things. Thanks for your interest on that. I'd like to get you to meet my my hiring manager. Exactly. At Standard stuff, there's, isn't there, it? There's a lot yeah. of that. So that's
1: that's been helpful. Um, I mean, other than that, I'm struggling to think of anything oh, I really. I
0: still think that's really yeah. interesting to say in terms of using that. Um, what are some of the metrics that you're measuring the TA team on?
1: So there's five key things mm-hmm. in, in no particular order. There is candidate experience. Yeah. And we've now got a candidate experience dashboard where we send them a survey to find oh, out dear. how it went right oh, from, afterwards,
0: after the interview. Well,
1: after a certain stage in the interview oh, okay. process so we look at it from okay you were first reached out to buy a source or a recruiter were they knowledgeable how was the coordination wow was the hiring manager knowledgeable so we're using this Blabla. as data right now like if we're seeing that hiring processes are taking too long or yeah we we, we, we see can the bottleneck now can't you with exactly the data. so yeah. this is useful especially in trying to influence hiring managers
0: yeah.
1: saying well hey You've rescheduled this a couple of times, right now. This is having a knock-on yeah. effect on a net promoters. But do
0: candidates tell the truth because they're trying to get a job?
1: Well, it depends. And look, and there's obviously a difference between candidates that have been offered the job and candidates that weren't offered the job, right? So you have to take mm-hmm. some with the pinch yeah. of salt. It's a bit like yeah. Glassdoor, yeah, where yeah. you get the really oh. wild ones we'll on dare, there, and the, dare look
0: at any of that anymore, yeah.
1: <laughs> but we, but this is so that's that's one. So we're looking at that a lot. And yeah, you know, I love that. And it's also then onto candidate experiences like internal referrals, internal mobility, like we want to do white glove treatment around internal folks. You know, if they apply, we mm. want to get back to them in a certain amount of time. This is an yeah, area where we right are not time. good at this yet. If I'm being honest with you, okay. the intent is there and the heart okay. is in the right place, but the execution at the moment is not great. Just being open. We Because we want to make, give people long careers here. We don't want people going outside. Right.
0: So it's, it's mapping out that career pathway. It's then. Is that that in development. So, stage, so if they apply yeah.
1: for a role, it's like, well, okay, we need to get back to them. We need to give them a certain level of, of, of feedback. And, so that's a big thing. So, and, and then same with, with referrals as well. Like, you know, if somebody's taken the time to refer, yeah. we need to give back to that person. So yeah. that is that is a big one. So you've got candidate experience, yep. like internal, like internal candidates and referrals. Yep. Then you've also, as, as a third one, we've got hiring manager experience. It mm. you know, was the recruiter helpful. Did they give you the support that you needed? You know, were, were they were they around when you needed them? Did they give you the right advice?
0: You what said did? the hiring. It-
1: well, the hiring manager.
0: Hiring, so not the TA, the the line manager.
1: Yeah, no. So, so for example, like if you're hiring for you, yeah, it, like your feedback on the, on the on the recruiters.
0: Okay, okay, that's
1: good. Because we want to know what they're thinking. Are they getting the support?
0: Okay, interesting.
1: So, so that's another one. And then we've got around diversity metrics. You know, how are people doing? Are they are they looking for diverse candidates? Are they you Know just cutting corners and you know, so the diversity piece we want to make sure that people are mapping and they're looking at people from different backgrounds.
0: But are they how they measured on it though? I mean, is it just it, a we, kind it, of it, yeah, we're looking at diversity, but but really, it's so hard to find talent. Yeah, look, it's, it's, it's hard to it.
1: fully measure, and there are certain regions where you know, my recruiters that look after Japan and Korea,
0: yeah. I
1: could never have the same expectations as yeah. the person for a person after Australia or Singapore, yeah. right? You, yeah, you, you can't. And we would never put a number on it. We would never ever put a number on diversity. But it's just about being aware of it and making sure that we're factoring it in. right? We're never going to put a hiring number on it. But it's about are we thinking inclusively with every hiring Mm. process we are doing? Mm. Are we just looking at the normal people that we'd always go for? Or are we looking at bringing in people from slightly different backgrounds?
0: Well, it all comes down to the the job brief, doesn't it? Is how open are... I think the early days of me doing a podcast with was with the general manager for BASF in Australia, David Hawkins, and he was massive on diversity, huge. And he said that we were trying, they were trying to find people to come into their paint business, but the job spec was all for mechanics, right? Well, obviously they're all going to be guys, so we don't need someone to be, a mecha- we don't need someone to work in that area. Let's look completely outside of it. And it was only until they really kind of broke apart, how to write a job spec in a really open way. They were able to start bringing women in and they did start measuring. They did put numbers on it. And so it was really interesting to just see the shift of people oh, yeah. coming in. I right. mean, look,
1: the job spec, we did an exercise a couple of years ago when we looked at some of the wording on our job specs and it was, some of it was just so sort of like macho must do this, like in like yeah. just some of the wording they use. And then statistically, that you know, we had some of these job specs to be like, you know, 20 bullet points on there. Yeah, like assertive or, or, like, or like or just thing. like just deep technical expertise. Yeah. Um yeah. you know, women will out if you they'll need to tick 18 of the bullet points before they apply. Yeah. Whereas a guy would be like, yes, oh, absolutely. I, I can spell security. Do you know so
0: Yeah, there's more confidence. They'll 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 learn the skills on the job. Yeah. Where and I and I know this from a lot of chats I have with a lot of really talented females is oh no, I'm not going to go for that. I don't have all the skills. Yeah. It's completely different. Exactly. So you're right. It's just so interesting.
1: So we've had to do a big exercise around that, and I've had you know some pretty. Well, I don't even just writing the ad, it's
0: also it, the phone call with the TAs, yeah. two candidates. No, I know you think you don't have the right skills for it, but I trust me, you do have a conversation with well, my hiring well, exactly. manager. Exactly, right? you
1: have you have the aptitude and you have that, and like you know we're able to. So we're doing a lot of work around that. So diversity and the final mm. one is numbers. And okay, you know the early days for me like it was just numbers and numbers being we've got a certain amount of people we need to get into the business and this is when the agency thing starts coming in so we we commit to a headcount number and we need to finish on that number at the end of the quarter so does that
0: keep you up at night
1: yeah i mean i'll be honest less so now than it used to and and I'll, i'll tell you why first of all we're pretty good at hitting the numbers okay but secondly over the years and i'm thankful for this the other four things I've mentioned are more important than the number, in the... they
0: lead to the number, don't they?
1: Well, you know, you know, many many years ago, it'd be like you know, finishing on that number and you're getting people to start last day of the quarter would be key. Whereas now it's like, well, <laughs> it's they don't like an want, agency
0: recruiter. Yeah, no, it wasn't. Put it, put it all in for the yeah, quarter it, so you it was. Get it was bonus. a little bit
1: of 31st of July coming Friday <laughs> afternoon, all good. But now we would prefer to take our time. Because the, num- the numbers, like, this is not the biggest number we're going we're to focus on, yep. but we don't want to hire, make a hiring mistake for the sake of a few weeks. We mm. are very conscious of that. And I think this has been our, our head of people and our president for the region that's big on that. It's like, look, we obviously don't want to miss the number by a lot, but I'm not going to, like, hit the number at a sake of quality.
0: Yeah. yeah and I appreciate I that.
1: that. So that, I'm not saying it's taking the pressure off because it's always there in the back of my mind, but... I appreciate that the focus is on quality. Yeah,
0: I appreciate that.
1: Because the, a, the numbers game is is a dangerous game. It is, and you're going to make mistakes if you do that. Whereas quite the, short the, term, the, right? Yeah, yeah. And 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 the quality game is, is big, and I think the team really enjoy that as well.
0: How do you measure the 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 quality that comes in, in terms of the tenure? Then is that something you measure over time? This
1: is so the quality of hire is an ongoing conversation, mm. right? How do we measure that? So we have yeah. our everyone we hire we have a hiring packet for and a what sorry a hiring packet so basically it's like we kind of eat, you know evaluations and it's like an overview of the recruiting process okay so we want to be able to look at things over time and you know just just see whether or not you know were people getting promoted with people mm. moving around what was that it, it yeah, it's, that's
0: great data i love stuff like yeah, that. It's,
1: it's, look, and it, yeah it's and it's still it's still relatively new we're going to need a longer yeah. period of time before we can really look back and analyze some of this stuff. yeah
0: Yeah, that's really interesting. And also add the diversity bit on that as well and whether there's any kind of bottlenecks with their career paths and that kind of stuff. and Are salaries in line with where they should be across that? It's always interesting. I want to move on to the third topic, which is internal stakeholder relationships. Mm. We talked about this before where you were saying, you know, for TA to have these strong relationships with the business. How do you train someone to be really good with with those relationship building?
1: I mean, recruiters are generally good recruiters are... They, they have these skills, right? And you you, you sort of test that. Most um, of the time. Most of the time. Um, <laughs> I mean, I, and look, when I hire the recruiters, the business is always part of the recruiting process. So I want to make sure that the main stakeholder is, is comfortable okay. with the recruiter. Okay, okay.
0: What uh, do they look for then?
1: Well, it, it's funny. What hiring managers look for, they they think we've got this magic rolodex of of candidates.
0: <laughs> yeah. I'm the most popular person yeah, in the Asia. Literate, so like, well, My parties are amazing. Yeah, yeah like,
1: well, they 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 <laughs> don't know every single person I mentioned in the like do you know what I mean? That so that, that's what they look for. So I have to Yeah. educate some of them. It's Like, hey, it's not about having the Rolodex. because I yeah, think a good recruiter they have a way of finding out information, a way of yeah. getting hold of people. I think it's detective. Pro- I think yeah, it's just yeah, being able to find people, right? So I think the days of the yeah. Rolodex is is sort of over. Or how oh many God. LinkedIn connections you have? Absolutely, correlation. What do, it's
0: what you do with them, it's, right? It, and it, how it, you it, use exactly. Them. Yeah.
1: So you know, it's explaining like you know, do could you partner with them? Are they, are they are they sound credible? Do they have a knowledge around the tech industry in general? I mean, I'm yeah. not necessarily going to hire someone from a cybersecurity company, but do they know? their market now.
0: Yes, because if they're a really smart
1: enough to figure that out, yeah. they can figure this out as well. Yeah. And then it's it, it's literally the recruiter comes in and they will understand the business. And the, you know my recruiters here do well. They they live and breathe the business. They get access, they get invited to the meetings. They understand the dynamics of the team. Mm. You know, not just, you know, some some of my team, the more experienced ones will look at the dynamic of a team and say, hey, we've got this next role we're hiring for maybe we need some bit more experience in this area. Or yeah, maybe wonderful. We, yeah. You know, rather than just hiring everyone yeah. that looks the same, at So very the same.
0: strategic to the hiring manager that sometimes just may not have time to kind of think about that. Do you also try and assess how they push back, like mm. that conflict? Because there's got to be that constructive conflict to be able to say, look, I know you want to hire someone in this area, but it's we can't get We haven't got the budget for that. Or we, yeah. you've got to look outside of that. How do you test that?
1: Well we give them the market intel and we, because look, here's the thing every time I hire a manager like i want you know tall dark and extremely handsome right? so like, well what about <laughs> we if, I can, if i can give you dark and handsome but they're not tall do you know what i mean it's, it's like it, 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 it's, it's just being able to give them an honest an honest overview but yeah. we have to do it with data and data right. and trust so the trust doesn't always come straight away because And after a while, it It takes, you know, when the recruiter, they have that relationship, if they're like, this person doesn't exist, or if they did, you're going to have to pay them a million dollars. It's, you know, data. And then we have like the talent insights team and all of this. So based on the total addressable market, this isn't there. We need to tailor this bit of the job spec or look. So that that helps and uh, when it comes to sort of the trust bit as well and building those relationships
0: and so those hire managers don't just go off and do their own thing they don't go and find people themselves awesome no and, stop now? and, and, and look, but, look
1: and here's the thing hiring is a team game like it is a team game. providing they're not going off you know promising anything stupid mm. you know everyone should be a recruiter because yeah. the reality is Our reps that are going out in the field, they're meeting more people than we are. They know they they know the market. So it is a team game. Yeah, you don't underestimate that really,
0: do you? No, and and
1: nor should we. And look, you know, I I understand that there are some candidates that wouldn't answer an email from my team or or me, and maybe an email from someone senior in the business is gonna be more effective. Yeah. There's many different ways to skin a cat, and I don't have an ego when it comes to that. As long as we get the right person in the business, however we do it. I'm fine with it.
0: Yeah, I love that. I think there was one question I was going to ask, but I think you've actually already answered it, which is what what are some of the recruitment challenges that you are facing? Is there anything you want to add on top of what we talked about?
1: Yeah, I mean, it's just from a tech perspective, I mean, we are so progressive in terms of what we do with our R&D and just just generally sort of, we're we're pretty ahead of the industry. So we're looking for people with technology experience, which has really only just been invented. So, <laughs> where do you find these people from? And you yeah. know, I was talking with one of the team of the other day about this new thing that we're launching, and like, well, this doesn't exist anywhere else yet. So, where do we find these people? And some of these really niche skills, everyone is looking for. And
0: what are those? What what is it? You I able mean, just to c-
1: just certain areas around cybersecurity because right. we've got a very big portfolio and we've made some interesting acquisitions. Right. And. For some of our roles, we need people with really specific And do they experience. have skills
0: within Asia?
1: Well, this is a challenge.
0: And if you can't get the EPs through, and if you can't, <laughs> then you're kind of a bit stuff.
1: it's, I mean, we look, because we're hiring across the region, right? I mean, we're hiring in 16 different countries. But it's, you know, we can't always find that exact talent. So what do we do then? So th- this, is, this is an issue. And then when you okay. find these people with diverse talent, they have a ton of offers. So this is an interesting one. And also what we're seeing right now is companies are, throwing the kitchen sink at some of these people to mm. stay, especially mm. the ones with the real niche talent. Cause they know if they leave, they're not going to be able to replace them. Yeah. So it's, we can identify someone which is challenging,
0: yeah.
1: but then it's been able to, to get them over the line with us because they've got four or five other offers yeah. and their current company is doing all they can yeah, exactly. to retain them. So it's
0: just a price war then, isn't it? It,
1: it is. And we don't ever want to get into that, but that's the thing with some of these real niche technical skills. Yeah. Um, so that's that's an issue right now, and it's it's great that we're innovative, but it's like how do we keep up with that? And I think mm, the answer is isn't it? you know, you're training, developing people internally. We're not you know for some of these roles, we're not going to be able to find the exact no. technical map no. or. So we're going to have to be a lot more, you know, open in terms of bringing people in and 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 or training creating them a up. bit of an academy
0: around them, so that you've learned pretty quickly what they do. So you're not yeah. kind of held to ransom with them. But I suppose also having partnerships with organisations around the world that you can tap into where they are. What's their digital footprint? These individuals. Who do you partnering with? Yeah. The, you know, the GitHubs or whatever. Who do you? You know, it's it's kind of that next level, isn't it?
1: It, it is. But it look. But this is the fun bit. All right. I mean, this is we want to go and find these people where they are. And it, it's it's exciting. It's always exciting to be looking for new stuff because, you know, I always thought working for one company for so long would get boring because you're always hiring the same thing. No, like we, we've evolved so much. That the type of roles we hire for now are very different. The type of people we hire for now are very different. Right. So you always have to to learn something new. Which That's is, which kind is of great.
0: invigorating bit around yeah. it. Yeah, yeah.
1: Because we'll buy like a new company, we'll invent some new tech. It's like, right, we need to go and hire for this team, and it's like, what does that mean? And you have to go and do your yeah. research, and we we'll jump on a call. It's like, what's that? Right. So then, then you, so out. then,
0: so am I right in saying then for anyone coming on board for TA, they need to be quite curious, quite mm. growth mindset, that are happy to or interested in learning new things, than just kind of know this is always what it's going to be, right? Because it seems to be really. In, and, fast and, moving
1: and the yeah and the goalpost move I mean, i've been saying hypergrowth now for, for over eight years and it hasn't slowed down right um so if you're coming here at ta you've got to be very curious
0: mm-hmm.
1: very autonomous mm-hmm. in terms of how how you work sense of humor absolutely <laughs> like because honestly i don't know a recruiter if, if you're a recruiter without a sense of humor because the, i don't know how you do it
0: no, I don't know how you do it. I think that everyone would just, yeah, I think they'd just go mad, wouldn't they? I think you just, I think that should be part of the interview process. What kind of joke can you tell me that's going to keep keep me keep me engaged? So tell me a little more about what sort of differentiates your company from others.
1: I think one of the really interesting things we've done in the last couple of years is around flex work. Okay. And flex location in that we realised that our technology enables people to work remotely. And, you know, this became clear during the pandemic when one day you're sat in your office with your laptop and then next thing you know, you sat in your spare bedroom at home Yeah. and you need the same level of security there as you do from, the. home. and we were able to offer that. And we realised as a company, our performance actually went up during the pandemic when people were working right. from home. Of course. So why would we then mandate everyone comes back to the office? And, <laughs> and look, yeah. and so what we Whatever. do, we leave it open to people. It's like you you can kind of work really from, from anywhere you like, because providing it's within like a, a three-hour time difference from the, the region that you, you support. And you can kind of work your own hours to a certain extent, as long as you show up for your team meetings and when your manager needs you and your clients need you. But we've all got different lifestyles, right? And Very much so. You know, there was there was one yeah. of my team. She used to love to watch a Korean drama at two o'clock every day, and I was like, okay, as long as you don't have any meetings, you go fill your boots. And we've yeah. all got different things. Some are morning birds, some are night owls. And yeah. um, why why mandate when when people work? As long as it, it, the job gets done and everyone's feels supported, and this has really helped as well in terms of you know women looking to get back to work. You know, maybe they were struggling with you know young kids at home they don't have to go to the office anymore if they don't want to do that. Yeah. yeah. So this has been enormously helpful. And look, the office here is super quiet. I mean, I choose to come in quite frankly, cause I still like to, you know, I'm a bit old school like that. Yeah. But a lot of people, they just like working from home a few days a week. And the key thing to do then is to make a conscious effort to get the teams back That's together for lunches and things. That's just what I was going to say. Things. Do you
0: have certain time where you do kind of make sure that people are here? Otherwise, you can get disconnected, you, you, can't you? you? You can.
1: But like, you know, for my team, for example, I mean, a lot of my team are based overseas, but the Singapore-based guys, we, we get in every so often. You know, if I ever offer them, they, they love a free lunch. They don't. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and they'll come in for that. But I think flex work has been a real game changer for us because, you know, and just being in India last week, Seeing that some of the team would have to travel up to two and a half hours oh, to get to geez, the office, geez. I mean, first of all, the stress of doing that—I yeah. don't know how they do it—but yeah. the loss of productivity. Yeah, absolutely. Because you are, you lose all of that time in your day. Okay. I mean, it, sometimes you come yeah. in. So I think in places like India and areas where like the commute is horrible, yeah, this has been a real game changer for me.
0: Yeah, them. I could so, see that. So,
1: and we have no intention of, of 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 going back, and that's been great. And I think that's a real. Value adds to us right now, and it's something we'll benefit from. And a real positive
0: that came out of an awful COVID situation, right? No,
1: look, absolutely, absolutely,
0: amazing. Right, we're going to go into quick fire questions. What myth about TA would you like to debunk?
1: That we're failed recruiters, uh, because that was a myth that I used to think. I think um, I've met some of the amazing. Recruiters, you know, lucky. I'm working with a lot of them right now. I think TA in general, and this would be one that the hiring managers think uh, that we have endless amounts of time just to call every person. They're like, "Hey, here's my friend. Can you give them a call?" You know, it's it's not like that, you know. And the concept of pipelining. Hey, I might be hiring this role in a few months. Can you pipeline for me? Like, well. No, really, because we've got, you know, hundreds of open roles as it is. And we could call someone now about a role that comes live in six months time. But unless they're open on the market, then it's not going to work. We can build relationships maybe. But this whole, and then I guess the the Rolodex of, you know, I'm not a good recruiter unless I know every single person yeah. in the cybersecurity industry. It helps for sure. But smart yeah. recruiters can Don't actually go it. out there. Yeah.
0: No. What's the best career advice you've received from someone you respect? And what what was it?
1: Um be authentic which i have tried to to live to probably too much so sometimes
0: you said authentic what do you mean by that
1: well you know being being yourself really i mean but you know that sometimes maybe maybe too much i'm too honest i i i shoot from the hip a little bit perhaps sometimes i could have been a little bit more corporate in situations but i think the authenticity is um Something that I enjoy, I think my team appreciate that. They know where they stand with me, mm. you know, good, bad, or indifferent.
0: It's interesting, isn't it? That whole trying to be real, there's all this be real, be authentic. But then we feel that it compromises on credibility or not being corporate. But actually, isn't it? Isn't it? More, what is being corporate now? We work from home. We we dress casually. You know, as long as you're living within those values, is there yeah. such a thing no, as look, being the, the, corporate Well Well,
1: exactly. I mean, I, I guess being corporate is, you know, you know, writing a you know something like you know, rather than telling somebody where to go on, a, on an email it's just saying you know <laughs> using some buzzword perhaps but yeah I mean I, I look <laughs> I
0: you
1: know taking off the kind from kind regards it's yeah. like you know to let someone know you're upset with them It's a very British thing to yeah, do yeah it's
0: a very British thing to do what's a skill that you have which other people would find surprising but has been very useful to you in your career
1: a, a genuine curiosity in people. I don't think people would find that surprising, but I am interested mm-hmm. in what makes people tick. I'm a bit of a uh, a nerd when it comes to sort of like true crime and stuff like yeah? that.
0: Yeah, are you?
1: Yeah, I, I don't want to say I love the serial killers because that kind of makes me sound <laughs> weird, but I am interested in the, in the psychology behind it. Now, that's not right. to say we're hiring serial killers and sociopaths, <laughs> but a general interest in the human condition hmm. is... You know, because you need to learn to read people and what makes them tick and yeah. stuff. So, that is, yeah, I I, I like that. It's a, I, I, and I still enjoy that to this day. Are you watching all the
0: Scandinavian, the really dark ones? No. Well, then you should because they are the scandinavians and norwegian crime programs they are dark they are well written it's all these subtitles you've got to really concentrate you can't be be looking at your phone and you know doing other things you've got to be fully committed but if you like if you like the dark and all stuff like that you should look at that okay i like that i like that thank you um we're finished we've actually believe it or not come to the end of the podcast wow you wanted some more questions, didn't you? I did. not read you, now. Were, you, warmed, you were really I settling up. Up. in, weren't I'm, you? I'm
1: settling in, yeah. <laughs> I, don't, I don't even think I went too brummy, but I, I guess I won't no, realise until I hear no, it.
0: No, no, I think you did a great job. Thank you for being part of the show, especially that it was a talent acquisition one. So I really appreciate that.
1: No, of course. Of course. Thank you.
0: If you would like to get in contact with Adam Fisher at Palai Alto Networks with the S on the end, then please check out the notes on this episode where his contact details will be found and details of anyone mentioned on the show. If you've enjoyed the podcast, don't be stingy, share it with as many people as you can, rate and review on Spotify or iTunes. If you're a recruitment leader or talent acquisition manager and looking to join a group that embraces diversity and inclusion, please reach out and join Women in Recruitment Asia, it's also for the guys as well, packed full of events, recruitment resources, mentoring programs and its own learning academy. And check out the show notes for more details. Stay safe out there and be kind to each other. You have been listening to Talent Talk Asia podcast by The Career Establishment. To learn more about The Career Establishment, our people and our latest thinking, visit us at www.thecareerestablishment.com or find us on LinkedIn, Twitter and Facebook.